so this is a DUI related show. Um, I, I actually don't have a DUI, uh, but I, I will say one time my car broke down. Uh, my car broke down uh, in an intersection uh, during rush hour in the pouring rain, and my alternator died. And uh, I'm not too savvy with cars, but to explain that to everyone, that means your brake lights don't work, nothing works. So literally my car was just like a, a two-ton paperweight in the middle of rush hour traffic. So I literally had to get out of my car and start like directing everyone around me during rush hour traffic. And all of a sudden a cop just walks up to me and he just goes, Hey, move your car, get it out of the fucking street, all right? I was like, I, I can't, my car died. He goes, well then put your hazards on. I was like, I can't put my hazards on. My alternator died, all right? My brake lights don't work. Nothing works. The car's dead. I'm screwed. He just goes, oh. Well, good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) And he just peels out. So every car that kept driving by me just keeps going, put your hazards on. So after about 20 cars, it starts like building to this crescendo, right? And the vein in my forehead starts popping in and out and in and out. And finally, after the 20th car drove past me and goes, put your hazards on, I just look at him and I go, I am the fucking hazard! (laughs) And it all worked out. Guys, are you ready for this show to start? Come on, like you mean it! So psyched for this show. This lineup is killer. Everyone, put your hands together. Welcome to the stage. Your first comic for the evening. Jay, whoop! Yeah, give it up for Chris, everybody. Give it up. Uh, Full disclosure, I'm a very good drunk driver. Since you guys in the Bay Area invited, invited, invented Uber, I no longer, I've retired. Unlike Jordan, I will not come out of retirement. I'm going to do it right. But I have a lot of stories. Um, When I was young, I think my parents knew that this is what was going to happen. And uh, when I had my permit, went over to my buddy Reddick's house. Love that guy. Shout out, Reddick. I love using real names. Makes it better. And drank all night. Went hard. Went crazy. Totally stupid. 15. Woo! Spring break. It was great. It was great. And then my dad rolled up at 7 o'clock in the morning. We stopped drinking around 6. And he made me drive home. You guys were practicing for one driving test. I was practicing for a completely different one. And, you know, I think he was just getting me prepared for this kind of lifestyle. I mean, I'm not happy about a lot of choices I've made, clearly. I don't eat well. I have drank and drove, and uh, I got so good at it in high school. Um, it was like this was, you know, my first time ever drunk driving was with a permit. My first time, like ever, like coming down to, I borrowed my mom's minivan because, what better, you know, put a bunch of drunk teenagers in one vehicle instead of all of us hitting each other with a bunch of vehicles. It's great, and it, this was my first time experiencing two stop signs right next to each other. And I look over to my buddy Reddick. Yeah, he's kind of involved in a lot of my drunk driving stories. Maybe he invi- invented Uber. <laughs> Fucking A. Oh, I love you guys. Uber, Uber, Uber. Invited, invited, invited. But no, and uh, and he said, dude, just close one eye. And I was like, 
but which one's the right one? Like, I just picked, and we all made it home. Give it up. No one died. Like, these are my DUI, my oh my DUI stories are about success. They're about good stuff, you know? And uh, too bad I couldn't use Uber for this last one, because, again, this is my retirement story right here. To the show in Stockton. You guys ever been there? Oh, yeah. No one clapped for that either. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Luckily, I was driving while white as well as driving while influenced. <laughs> They're not looking for me there. They're just not. And I felt real confident about that. But guess what? They found me. They found me. And uh, if you guys have teenagers or you know, want to teach someone how to be great, the Michael Jordan of DUI, the G-O-A-T of D-U-I, GOAT, greatest of all time. Yeah, I called it, at driving drunk. I, I, want, I want the news to have me drive drunk on Thanksgiving to show people the effects of it, because I think I could beat that test. You guys never watch, you never, fuck it, all right, never mind. <laughs> I do. I think I could prove him wrong. You know, some of us, we're not all built the same. This guy can do gang load of cocaine and be perfectly fine. You know, he's built different. We're all built different. I can handle this. But my last time I got pulled over in Stockton and I'm with another comic. She's like, oh my God, you're going to go to jail. Now am I going to get home? I'm worried about the same thing. <laughs> Not at all. Just I was like, chill out. And so I have this little thing, a scope in my car for emergencies or before I go in and kiss my wife. And uh, I was like, I got to use it now. And uh, I put it in there and I was like, I can't spit it out. So just held it in my mouth. And I was like, I got to swallow like a champ. I took it down like it's prom night, the whole thing. No scope anywhere. Okay, so that's one thing. I have bad tendencies where I'm a bad person. Scope in the car, just look for those things. If your son has scope in the car, it's not for a good reason. <laughs> the worst thing, the best thing to come out of that would be he gets a girl pregnant. Okay, there's no reason to have scope in the car. Get this scope out of the car. But I also cruise with coffee and cigarettes because that masks stuff up. So I told her, look, I'm really worried about you getting home too. But you need to light up two cigarettes real quick. And she did. And I said, no, just chill the fuck out. Roll the windows all the way down. Turn the car off. Put the keys on the dashboard. They come over, grab my ID, and they go, hey, you know why we pulled you over? I said, yeah. And I pulled out, and it wasn't safe. It's always the safest thing to say. I had no fucking idea why he pulled me over. And he goes, well, give me your ID. Look around. Check it all out. Let me go. I, I wouldn't clap for that either. They clearly did not do a good job, all right? I drove all the way there pre-gaming. I enjoyed the game while the show went on and drove home right after. I didn't go run a mile first. I had way better parking than I got here. You can fucking where I park. I'm going to walk this fucking buzz off, that's for sure. Gosh. But, you know, it's bad. Sometimes you're really good at stuff, and it's not for anyone's good. But support your children if they're good at something like this and be like my dad and just, you know, start on their permit. Because if you get a DUI and you don't have a license, I don't think it counts. And I think that's why he did it. Hey, everybody, thank you very much. My name is Jay Rook. Jay Rook, everybody. Keep it going for him. Jay was talking about scope. Uh, I accidentally uh, sold scope uh, to my neighbors as a kid. Um, 
when I was a kid, I wanted money for a bike, and my dad was like, I'm not giving you money. Find a way to get the money for the bike. And uh, I noticed all the kids in my neighborhood, like, had lemonade stands, which is a nice way to turn a buck. But I looked in the fridge. We had no lemonade. He was like, you got to find a way to get the money for the bike. So I looked all through the house to find something to sell. And I came across a case of Listerine. I was like, fuck it, I'll sell that, all right? So I sold it for a dollar a cup, like at a stand, all right? But I knew no one would buy it, so I sold it as mint drink. (laughs) And business was booming, people were buying it. Here's the thing I don't know if you guys remember. in the early 1990s, Listerine was like 27% alcohol. So, like, I guess some of the neighborhood kids were going home, like, slurring their speech or something like that. I don't know. Not really my problem, but, uh. <laughs> so, all the kids in the neighborhood, their parents, like, grabbed them and they're like, oh my God, who did this to you? And they all ratted me out, you know, because dr- <laughs> drunks can't keep a secret, you know? So, uh, <laughs> they all call my dad and, uh, you know, they ratted me out and, uh, my parents, you know, when it came time to discipline me, my mom looked at me and uh, she goes, Chris, I'm so disappointed in you. I can't believe you did this. I'm disgusted. I'm ashamed of you. I just felt horrible. And then I look at at my dad and he's just beaming with pride. And he just looks at me and he goes, you thought outside the box. And my mom's like, David, that's not the message we're trying to send here, all right? He just got all the kids liquored up. He, he grabbed the first liquid he could and sold it to them. My dad's like, yeah, it could have been worse. It could have been bleach, you know? So, <laughs> would have been pretty cool if it had been bleach, right? Because <laughs> then I'd be famous, you know? <laughs> Guys, you want to keep the show going or what? <laughs> awesome. All right, give it up for your next comic. Coming all the way to us from Portland, Oregon. All right, she hosts a great uh, show in Portland. Uh, It's called uh, Minority Retort. Everyone, nice and loud. For Julia Ramos. Thank you. Deja vu. (laughs) Just here. Uh, This show's called Oh My DUI, and you guys, which one do you want to hear about? <laughs> There's two. <laughs> yeah, the second one. Oh, it's so yeah, it's a good one. It's the best one of all of them, that's for sure. Um so for the second one, I do have to give you a little bit of background on the first one. I got the first one in 2009. And uh I had been drinking all day, as you do. <laughs> I had my uh my bank job at the time and I was actually so good at my job that I was like, I can do this drunk. That's no big deal at all. <laughs> It was a slow branch. I justified it well. <laughs> and I remember, I do remember there was this one time this guy uh, came in and I did my job and uh, returned later on that day. And I was like, wow, twice in one day, what are you doing? He's like, he gave me the receipt that I had handed him. And I had taken a $300 check and turned it into a $30,000 check. <laughs> the bank fired me. I never even saw it coming. I don't know. <laughs> um I was like, you could have been rich. This was your moment to take that. So I'd actually been drinking. <laughs> that was my bad. You know, I get one of those. Um, I'd been drinking all day long, and I went and met a friend in downtown Portland. 
which now I drive by all the time. I was like, I don't know how I could have gotten lost, but I did. We went to dinner, and it was in December, and it was had been snowing all day long, and there, like, everything stops for the snow. And so uh, everybody was at this place where we were at. We were going to get dinner and a drink, right? Not a big deal. And so I remember I was waiting there, and because they were so busy, um, I ended up not getting dinner until, like, I mean, we had been there for about an hour and a half, two hours. So on top of drinking all day long, I had drinks there. And then I was like, oh, I'm not hungry. <laughs> and so I remember I walked outside and I was like, I think I should buy my car. So I went, found my car and was like, I got this. No big deal. I do this all the time. I'm going to nail it. <laughs> I ended up uh, from southwest Portland to southeast Portland. They're not very far from each other, but it was very much the wrong direction. And uh, I ended up sideswiping a car. Uh, it was a parked car, thankfully. And I was going so slow that the person behind me called the cops. So they showed up. <laughs> That's when I actually came to a little bit, and um, I remember I pulled over because I knew I was supposed to do that, and as I was waiting, I was like, oh, no, this is not good, and I grabbed the only thing in my car that I had that wasn't alcohol, which was a menthol cough drop. Um, that pretty much just magnifies the smell of alcohol, if anybody's had that. And so, yeah, it was not the best moment for me. Um, he came to the window and knocked on the window. I rolled it down and he very much just, you know, have you been drinking? I said, yes. He says, how many? And I was like, two beers, I think, you know, <laughs> I wasn't going to say one. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> and so he actually just took me right to his car and, um, went to, went to jail, had the first DUI. And the thing about the first DUI is that I already knew that I had a problem. You know what I mean? Like, I knew I had a problem when I turned watching the show Intervention into a Drinking Game. Anyone else? <laughs> Still me. Okay. <laughs> but that was it. So, like, and once I got that first DUI, in a weird way, it was a badge of honor. Like, my friends high-fived me. The cop that I was friends with from high school was like, everybody gets one. Like, it was not a big deal whatsoever. But, like, I knew that that was, like, a big deal for me. I was like, oh, I got to be more careful about this drinking and driving thing. They're starting to catch on. Um, and so I waited about three years um, until the second one. So the second one, and this is part of like where the last show, uh, I'm Mexican. I'm very much Mexican. I'm about 85% Mexican, and but I'm very light-skinned. And there was a time while I was drinking and driving that I got pulled over three times in four days, <laughs> drunk for all of them. Not once did I have to step out of the car. Tells you where the Portland police are at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very lucky lady right here. Um, so with the second one, I was back to my drinking all day long, right? And I actually, at this point, my car had stopped working because sometimes I would um, put oil in it and not put the oil cap back on. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I was just like, well, it's fine. I'll just keep putting oil in it all the time. Not a big deal. So the engine blew up. <laughs> I'll remember to stop and add more oil. Uh, engine blew up, no car. And so that was actually good. That was really good for me at that time. I was like, I'll just take a cab to and from work. I'll figure it out that way. Well, one weekend, my stepmom was going to be out of town on a cruise. And so my dad was like, hey, let's hang out. Why don't you, um, he had a work vehicle. And then he had my stepmom's car. He's like, since you don't have a car, why don't you just use your stepmom's car? I'll use the work vehicle. And then, you know, if I need it, I'll let you know. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, 
And so I was constantly carrying alcohol on me at this point. Like I needed it all the time. And so I had little airline bottles of alcohol in my purse and a water bottle filled up with alcohol in my purse. That was, that's what we were. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I did a good job. And, um, (laughs) so I remember that day, uh, I'd gone to work and I was actually supposed to work like a split shift. So I was going to work, um, till about, I think it was like two o'clock, uh, go home and then come back at four and work for a couple of hours for a friend. And I was like, no problem. I got this. And I actually was running low on the water bottle of alcohol that I had. And I was like, I'm going to go home, fill it up, feed my turtle that I lost (laughs) somewhere for five days. (laughs) I was just like, I'm going to put little bouts of lettuce and she's going to find it. (laughs) Um, like a responsible adult. Uh, and so I went home, did that, and I actually don't recall leaving the apartment. I got on um, the highway there, and at the highway where I needed to get off, it actually merges with another highway. And at some point, I um, crashed, I guess. That's what they said. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. The ambulance was right there. It was like, it was great. The efficiency, wonderful. Comment card sent in, no problem. Uh, so they did. So the ambulance was there, took me back, and I found out that that day on a Monday afternoon at 3.45, I had a .396 split alcohol content. Yeah, right? I was good at it. Yeah, very good at it. I was good. Even when they told me, I was like, I don't know what that means, but that's high and I like it. Uh, and so I remember like, uh, the officer was asking me questions and he was sitting in front of me and he was just like, I cannot believe that you're answering these right now. And I was like, I don't know what you mean. And he's like, well, let me just tell you that if I were to drink your blood right now, I would get a buzz. (laughs) I was like, officer, (laughs) I wouldn't say no, you know, I was drunk. (laughs) So he took my ass to jail, (laughs) as he should have. And he did. I remember, like, on the way, and this is back to that, like, white privilege, like, they even let me pick the radio station that I listened to on the way to jail. I was like, what? Oh, my God. I was like, the police are great. (laughs) Motown, please. Hello. (laughs) Let's get this party started. So he did on the way. And I remember like we came to a stoplight, you guys. And like he yelled out the car window to the car next to us and was like, uh, you know, is that your car? And the guy's like, yeah. He's like, okay, you know, your tags are expired. The guy's like, yeah, I'm on my way there right now. And the officer was like, they're always on their way. (laughs) From the back seat, you guys, fully handcuffed. I go, oh, my God. (laughs) Can you believe some people? I look back at it now and I'm like proud of myself that I was able to like, you know, be that real in that moment with my thoughts and no filter, but what an asshole. (laughs) I'm not proud of it. I'm just very (laughs) self-aware. So he did, you know, he took me to jail and it's still like, it boggles the mind now that I'm looking back at all of this. Cause like I got in a little bit of trouble. I was on probation. It wasn't alcohol related. It was just like not following the rules. (laughs) So I went to jail again (laughs) for a couple of days and I remember like I'm sitting there (laughs) proud parents Um, I'm sitting there like waiting to get booked and the officer comes over to me and I'm waiting in line and he's just like um I just have to what did you do he's like I can't imagine that you would do anything and I was like oh my god this system is broken (laughs) thank you guys so much
Julia Ramos, everybody. Keep it going for her. When she had the radio in that cop car and she said the police, I was like, she wants Sting? Like, I don't know. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, yeah. Every breath you take into a breathalyzer. Oh, okay. All right. That is literally the worst thing I ever said on stage, but thank you guys for sitting through that. Um, Fuck you, Jeremiah. <laughs> You're getting the worst intro ever. <laughs> Guys, we're going to keep this show going. I uh, love this next comic. Uh, we did a show together last night. Uh, just, uh, I was dying, man. He's great. Everyone, give it up for Brian Bixby. I, uh, yeah, I've been, I, I like drinking. I still do it a lot. Uh, my, my parents were big drinkers. Like, I remember even when I was, like, as young as, like, five years old, my dad would let me try a sip of his beer. Like, uh, but first I had to take a shot of Jaeger. Like, I had to <laughs> learn to hold your own kid. <laughs> first time that I got drunk like wasted drunk blackout drunk I was 10 years old my mom gave me malt liquor <laughs> which is adorable when you think about a child holding a 40 with both hands just <laughs> pouring it back bitching about Spongebob like ah, let me tell you uh, Patrick blacked out puking in uh, my Scooby-Doo underwear like I still wear Scooby-Doo underwear yeah I didn't tell you when that was uh, that was Tuesday Rut row that was funnier than my joke that was good Rut row yeah I, uh, most of my <laughs> most of my uh, run-ins with the law and drinking all happened before like when I was underage like before I was 21 uh, I remember the first time that I was at a party that was busted. Uh, the cops came in, and for some reason, I decided to suck on, like, a mouthful of pennies because somebody told me that would work, <laughs> like, that would trick the breathalyzer. I don't know how, like, the breathalyzer is going to be like, oh, pff, man, he just has pennies. He can't afford booze. Like, <laughs> this guy's broke. But no, it's more like, oh, he's sucking on pennies. Lock him up. Like, this guy's wasted. He's trying to eat change. <laughs> like, I uh, I used to, in order to get out of underage drinking tickets, there was uh, three times I did this. I uh, would tell the cops that I was going to kill myself. <laughs> I'd tell them that, and then they would just take me to the psych ward, <laughs> and they wouldn't find me at all. Like, But I'd be black out when that happened and waking up the next morning is way stranger when you have a hangover like in jail it's one thing like you wake up and there's like bars on the window you're the only white guy you know where you are right psych ward it's different you wake up there's some guy talking to a ficus like there's people running around just wag some guy's just staring in your face when you your eyes open he's just like so it's scary. That's all I have about that. Uh, I liked my stay at the psych ward. It was great. It was good. I just spent, first time I spent like three days there just shuffling around in slipper socks, just putting together puzzles. It was like preschool. It was great. It was awesome. 
I'd go back if they had Legos, but they can't because it's choking hazard. Uh, I still drink. I love drinking. Uh, I, I'll drink almost anything. I can't drink vodka anymore. Had to stop. Can't do it. Uh, it just always gives me chlamydia, you know, like every time. It's an awful drink. I'm kidding. I have actually, I'm proud to say, I have never had an STD test ever. Uh, not once. If you don't test, you can never fail. That's what I always say. Yeah, I like the drinking. Um, people always told me, you know, don't drink tequila. You'll end up naked. I'm like, bullshit. But they were right. Uh, I pissed my pants, so <laughs> I was naked. Is it possible to drink whiskey without fighting a cowboy? I don't know. Is it? My favorite is beer. That's what I drink the most, uh, beer. They, uh, they say that every can of beer contains approximately one pork chop in calories. But I have never eaten nine pork chops and felt like, now I can talk to women all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> it's never like, oh, he ate a whole rack of ribs. Now he won't stop dancing. Look at him go. Like, there's no music. <laughs> no. I just get the meat sweats and have to lay down. That's all. <laughs> and nap. I like, uh... I like drugs, too. I'm a big fan of drugs. Uh, ow! Mushrooms. Anybody? Magic mushrooms. Magic mushrooms. Like, you have to know a wizard to get them. Like, yeah. Could you conjure me up some <laughs> mushrooms? It's always uh, such an enlightening experience every time you take mushrooms. Uh, like, the last time I took them, I s just spent four hours just staring at a wall. That was it. And then I realized they were shiitake mushrooms and I'm just a boring person. Like, that was, I suck. That was my big realization. Like a lot of drugs. Uh, sometimes, sometimes uh, I smoke crack. Uh, sometimes. Only in the mornings uh, because coffee makes me shit. So I choose crack. I uh, I think about the apocalypse a lot. I do. What I think is I'm going to die real fast. It's okay. I'm supposed to. What's the last movie you saw where the survivors are like an ex-marine, some hot chick, and a fat, cowardly ginger just walking through some zombie town smearing on sunscreen like, how far is it? I, don't <laughs> I can't keep going. I've always, uh, always been blubbery, uh, just, just forever. Like, I don't, like, I remember, like, and, like, my mom always used to tell people, like, oh, it's just baby fat, that's all. It's just a little baby fat. And they'd be like, wow, really? Uh, how many babies did he eat? Because... <laughs> Most people won't tell you when you're fat. Like, they won't be like, oh, you're too fat. Like, old people will, though. <laughs> like, they will. They don't give a shit. 
I remember the last time that I saw my great-grandmother alive. She said to me, she's like, Brian, you're getting too fat. And then she died right there. So sad. I was so fat, she had a heart attack. That's what happened. I uh, I prefer to blame it on my dad, who raised me to eat whatever I wanted. He let me eat anything. He's just like, oh, yeah, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? What could go wrong? That's when I shake my tits in his face. Like, well, you can motorboat your son. That might be wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Is uh, thank you, sir. <laughs> Sometimes I, uh, sometimes I like to squeeze my fat tits together, right? <laughs> and then I jizz on them. That's what I do. Uh, I come on my gooey man tits, and that makes it okay that I have them. <laughs> I was hilarious a minute ago. <laughs> Come on your tits once, and everybody who's walking out, huh? <laughs> the party's over once you come on your tits. <laughs> no, I think it's good. <laughs> I think that makes it okay that I have them, right? Because the sad part about man tits is they have no purpose. But mine saved me from coming in my face, so <laughs> it's, pretty <laughs> it's a pretty useful. I uh, I hate people in shape. I do. <laughs> Fuck you if you have abs. Fuck you. <laughs> like, I totally get why joggers are always getting murdered, you know, because... <laughs> 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 Fuck you. I used to have I used to have friends who always wanted to go hiking, like up hills and shit. Like, man, fuck you! Like, I'm not walking up a if I'm walking in the middle of nowhere, you better be killing me because I'm not walking back. <laughs> I'm not coming back. <laughs> Ever try to look like you're not following somebody when you're really not following them? It's weird. Like, for some reason, every time I get off the bus at the same stop. As a woman, I'm convinced that I'm following her. I don't know. Enough that I have to yell, like, I'm not following you. But I'm a really bad, nervous laugher, so it comes out like, I'm not following you. <laughs> like, hey, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, have a good night. Brian Bixby, everybody. Keep it going for him. We are down to your final comic. You guys ready? Are you ready? Yeah. I love this guy. Um, this is like the second festival we've done together in a few months. Uh, love working with him. He's hilarious. Guys, let's take this thing home with Jeremiah Coughlin. Hey, everybody. Keep it going for Chris, your host. Let's have a hand for Pam for doing all this. Thank you. This guy for securing the entrance just in case. I don't know what the fuck he's doing, but he feels good about it. So, uh, 
Yeah, uh, Brian, that was really funny. I'm ghosts of fucking Bixby's future, I guess, is what you'd say if you look at me. <laughs> We're like Russian nesting dolls or something like that came out of his ass earlier today. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys a couple stories. Uh, one of them about uh, the time I could have got a DUI, but I didn't. Uh, instead, I only got pepper sprayed by the police. Uh, yeah, right? Could have been a lot worse. Could have been a lot worse. Uh, but God, there's so many fucking stories I have. I was just talking about this last night when we were talking about uh, blood alcohol levels, where I was talking about when I was 20 years old, I drove my dad's Mercedes into a tree, and uh, like I got out and ran for like a couple blocks because I, I was like, we'll just tell them somebody stole it, right? And then... Uh, and then I was like, nah, I got to go back and face the music, right? And then uh, the cops showed up, and I blew a .079. Yeah. 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 After driving into someone's front yard, I didn't get a DUI. I was just like, no, nah, I was tired. I fell asleep, which is true, but the crank had a lot to do with that. Uh, but uh, when I first moved to Portland, I was 26 years old. Uh, I was dating a girl. And we went to Brewfest. Uh, I'd only been, you can't leave, miss. You just can't. You just fucking can't. Sit back down and listen to my story. What could be more important than this? Oh, uh, let her go. Come on, what's, what's going to happen? You should be. You should be. You feel shame. Uh, when I was 26 years old, I just moved to Portland, and I was dating this girl, and I decided to go to Brewfest with my buddies. Anybody ever been to a Brewfest, maybe? Yeah, it's great, right? Uh, I got fucking blackout drunk at Brewfest, and there was a girl there who wasn't my girlfriend, but I thought she was going to bang me. Uh, so I, I, uh, I was a real stand-up guy, so I didn't want to cheat on my current girlfriend, so I broke up with her with a text message. Yeah, because yeah, cause I'm a good person. And uh, so we we um, we partied, and then that girl didn't uh, bang me. Uh, so I went back to my buddy's hotel with him, and my phone was about to die, and I wanted to text the girl that I'd broken up with and try to do some damage control, right? See, because that other girl didn't fuck me. And so the only charger I had for my phone was a car charger, so I went and I sat in the front seat of my car and the last thing I remember was turn my key to where the uh, phone charger would work. And that's the last thing I remember. And the next thing happened, uh, I'm face down on the concrete and there's two people on my back and I don't know who they are or what they want. <laughs> yeah, I have no fucking clue how these people got there. Uh, and I just remember thinking, you need to get up right now or you're going to die. I don't know why they're going to kill you, but if you don't stand up, they're, you're going to die. These people are going to kill you. And so uh, adrenaline's a crazy drug, and I actually did a push-up with two large men on my back. And I had bruises up and down my arms from them trying to, like, hack my arms out from underneath me. <laughs> And I just wouldn't fucking give up, right? And then I heard one of them say to the other one, all right, let's just fucking do this. And then uh, what that meant, I didn't know, uh, <laughs> was code for uh, let's empty a can of pepper spray on this kid's face. Uh, yeah, and I don't know if you can see me, but a whole can of pepper. I can't eat medium salsa, right? I'm the whitest fucking person you've ever I don't, I don't, I don't need a fucking can of pepper spray, uh, but they emptied it. They got every drop out of that. And I was so, I was so fucked up that, uh, 
I was like the next thing that it really I remember is being in the back of the car. I'm handcuffed. And I'm in the back of the car and I look down and my shirt is like red and I think that I'm bleeding. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like, what did you pigs do to me? Did you beat me up? And there's like, he's like, dude, you don't remember? We just fucking pepper sprayed you. And I was like, no, I don't remember that. Because uh, pepper spray is red, if you didn't know that. It looks a lot like blood. Uh, and so my nice uh, polo shirt from Old Navy is now ruined. And they take me to the drunk tank. Ooh, that was a lot of spit. Sorry. Uh, they take me to the drunk tank. And, like, I just moved to Portland from Kennewick, Washington. I'm, like, this 25-year-old kid. I'm scared. And they take me to the drunk tank. And they took my shirt away uh, because they had hosed me down, like, I had a little Tommy Boy moment where I was a maniac, and they're they're hosing me down, yeah. And they take my shirt away and they give me like a like a OR scrub, like a purple smock, and they put that on me and they put me in the drunk tank and I'm like terrified. I'm like I hope no one talks to me. I don't want to interact with anybody, right? It's like w- the weekend of Brewfest, so it's like extra. There's a lot of fucking people in the drunk tank, right? And I walk in, and it's like all these people that I'm a terrified of are like, holy fuck, look at that guy. I'm not sitting by him, right? Because I've got a face as red as the devil's dick and a purple. Like, I look like I need to be in the fucking psych ward, right? And so <laughs> they let me out, uh, and I uh, this is at Hooper, and I walked uh, from the Hooper Detox Center uh, to where the hotel was once they let me out a couple hours later. Like, the girl who was the intake person, that cop who pepper sprayed me was her boyfriend. And she was like, hey, uh, he feels really bad. This is all a misunderstanding. I was like, yeah, I, I know. Uh, and then I, I walked, which is like, I found out now, it's like a five-mile walk uh, it went through, like, the worst part of Portland. And same thing. I'm like, holy shit, look at all these homeless people. I'm so scared. And they were like, holy fuck, look at that guy. And they were, like, crossing the street to get away from me. And um, I went there and uh, I took a shower uh, which uh, hurts really bad because pepper spray is oil based and it just gets on your balls and it fucking hurts so bad it's the worst pain you'll ever feel and I got I got a hold of the girl that I <laughs> broke up with and went over and we made up and then we had sex and then like right as that started she was like why am I on fire right now because that shit some shit just doesn't wash off yeah and uh, I'm happy. The happy ending to that story is that uh, two years ago, me and that girl got a divorce. Uh, so yeah, thank you. Uh, but I don't, I don't drink anymore. Uh, I, I gave that up. Yeah, not for. I'm not a prohibitionist or anything, but I did too much shit like that. Uh, I feel like I, I went out the right way though. Uh, like my last drunk started on a Tuesday in Las Vegas, Nevada, and ended on the following Tuesday in my front yard in Beaverton, Oregon, and I have no fucking clue what happened in those few days. Uh, yeah, it's like some people can't handle Vegas, right? You've heard that. This guy right here. This guy couldn't handle Vegas. Yeah, I also couldn't handle like uh, Wilmington, Delaware. Bowling Green, Ohio, <laughs> Richland, Washington, Santa Fe, New Mexico. I got kicked out of a lot of places. Uh, I don't know how I'm. D- how am I doing on time? Can I tell you one more story? Okay, I'm gonna tell one more story uh, about the time that we should have gotten it. Well, one of my friends did get a DUI in this story. Uh, when I was 18 years old uh, in Kennewick, Washington, our women's, our Lady Lions uh, basketball team. Uh, went to the state tournament in Tacoma, Washington. And yeah, they were undefeated. And so we all got as many 
uh, drugs as we could, and we actually <laughs> we uh, we had like an ounce of weed. You know, it was like the whole like list, right? We had like an ounce of weed, a salt shaker, cocaine, uh, like six tabs of LSD. Like we had a bunch of shit, and we were gonna leave Thursday morning to go to the basketball tournament. And Wednesday night, we all met at my buddy Jordan's uh, mom's house. We're like, uh, yeah, so uh, at like 9 o'clock, we're like, you know, we should eat some of this acid. <laughs> and that seemed like a really good idea. And then around 11 o'clock, it was like, hey, instead of leaving in the morning, let's just go right now. Uh, so we all piled into my buddy Casey's mom's uh, Dodge Voyager uh, van- minivan. And uh, we were all real fucking high. And we all we'd made uh, our own T-shirts. We made white T-shirts that said fear and loathing in Tacoma on them because uh, we thought we were the funniest uh, little fucking high school kids. And we were going over Snoqualmie Pass, and we were about halfway there. My buddy Jordan, who was the only, like, sober one, he was smoking weed, uh, but we were all really fucked up. And he would, like, straddle the white line and, like, on the drunk bumps and roll the windows down because it was, like, 3 in the morning at this point and yell wake-up call at all of us uh, who were in the backseat tripping balls. And uh, the Washington State Patrol saw him doing that, and they didn't like that. Uh, they, they frowned upon that. Uh, I should back up that earlier in the night I had uh, convinced everybody in the van that we should take our pants off. Uh, not like naked naked, but just like in our underwear. It's like, you know, it's comfortable. It's a lot more comfortable if you just take your pants off. And they bought it. And everyone took their pants off except for Jordan who was driving. And the Washington State Patrol came up to the van and was like, you know, there's like smoke pouring out the windows. And they were like, uh, what the hell is going on here? Uh, who's got the weed? And we were like, oh, no, we're just smoking cigarettes, whatever. And they were like, no, you kids are fucked up. <laughs> And, yeah, he didn't buy it. And so uh, officer whatever comes over, and he, he opens the sliding door of the van, and there's, like, four high school kids with no pants on just, like, sitting there. And the first thing he says is, Jesus, what are you boys jacking off in here? Right? And we're like, not yet. You know, I mean, you kind of fucking ruined that. And so... Uh, the, there was two kids named Casey in the van, and the other one, uh, <laughs> little Casey, uh, his dad was our high school's dare officer, and uh, they took us all. Yeah, they took us all out of the van, and they made Casey put his pants back on, and then they searched him, and in his pocket was a baggie with uh, like three sugar cubes with LSD on them. And the cop pulls this out of his pocket, and he goes, "Hey, why do you have sugar cubes in your pocket? Are you a diabetic?" And he said, no, it's acid. <laughs> like an idiot. Like, yeah, you're diabetic, you fucking moron. Like, what are you doing? So they took us. So, <laughs> yeah, so there's like the Snoqualmie County Sheriff, which, I mean, it took those guys two seasons to figure out who killed Laura Palmer, right? So they don't, they don't know. <laughs> They don't know shit, and uh, <laughs> uh, the Washington State Patrol, and they take us, and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so these two, like, these three fat cops are standing there, and me and my buddies are all on acid, and we're like, dude, this is pretty fucked, and we're in the back of the car at one point, and my buddy Vince has, like, an Instamatic, like, paper camera, remember those? And he's like, hey, do you want me to take your picture? And we're like, no, sh- please stop. And he's like, I said I'm sorry, and he keeps taking our pictures, like Pee Wee Herman, 
And so we all climb up this hill, and this big fat cop goes, any of you boys running, I'm shooting, which is not something you want to hear when you're on acid. And they, they took Casey, whose dare officer parents had to come get him, and they put him in the holding cell, and we're all kind of standing there. And I'm like, I'm going in this bathroom, and the floor looks like the bottom of a swimming pool, and I'm just frying balls, right? And we look, and there's a tiny window, and Casey's sitting there at the window like, Hey guys, like you gotta, you gotta help me. Like you know, he's just freaking the fuck out. And uh, the only thing I could say was, you should have been fucking diabetic when you had the chance. You fucking moron. Uh, so none of that went on my permanent record. But that's all I have. Thank you guys so much. That was fun. Jeremiah Coughlin, everybody, keep it going for him. Guys, that has been the Nightcock Show. Thank you so much for coming. Give it up for all the comics you saw. Give it up for yourselves. And please stick around. Uh, there is a 10 o'clock show. It's called the Underwear Show. Uh, it is going to get wild, so stick around if you want. Take care. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> hey, everybody. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Cashcock here and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. 
And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh... It's the joke workshop. Flap like classic beauty radio. I don't wanna pick up. Just wanna ride on my motorcycle. I don't wanna tickle. Cause I'd rather ride on my I'd rather ride. 
ತತ್ತಗಿರಿ ಗುರುನಾದ ತಂದಿಡುವೀರ್ ಜ್ಞಾನಮುಮೇ ತತ್ತಗಿರಿ ಗುರುನಾದ ಬಂದಿಡುವೀರ್ ಬಂದಿಡುವೀರ್ ಅವಧೂದ From nowhere to a care Around the campfire left A lovely woman in motion With hair's dark as night Her eyes were like that Of a cat in the dark That hypnotized me with love She was a gypsy woman She was a gypsy woman She danced around and round To a guitar melody Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. Spend a mutant rights Sit around me sea dogs And get aboard me pirate Oh Lord, I she enchanted me Oh, how I'd like to hold her near And kiss Woman. I love you too, so woman. All through the caravan, she was dancing with all the men. Waiting for the rising sun, everyone was having fun. I hate to see the lady go Knowing she'll never know That I loved her Let me tell you I loved her The gypsy woman She was a gypsy woman And I was all alone The charms of the gypsy woman And her caravan was gone
million agents can do Ed Sullivan. I'm sure that somewhere in the world is a goddamn bear. <laughs> Just from being on the show, you know. Watching Ed from the wings, you know, you pick it up. Now, I know that a lot of guys do Ed Sullivan on kind of an amateur basis, and I'm here to help. It's, you know, kind of replaced the lampshade for men in parties. And the dig When you do your Ed Sullivan impression, when you do your Ed Sullivan, don't worry about the voice or the manner of voice. Just the acts you introduce. The stranger, the freakier the acts are, the better your Ed Sullivan will be. I'll now start my Ed Sullivan. I do the John Biner Ed Sullivan, by the way. Many of the comics prefer the Will Jordan. But the John Biner Ed Sullivan is cued for my ear by saying the phrase, well, now you know. But I know. But I know right here in Armstrong. But I know. I'll get it. But I know. But I know right here in our show. But I was just after Connie Francis and her tribute to Carmen Basilio. And immediately following, or just following, the waltzing mice, the Maori fire eaters. And just before, was that just before or just after? During. Kate Smith the entire female population Guadalajara will run out on our stage and yell out their brazier sizes now in our audience side I know sitting out there in our audience where are you now? there you are the lock Ness Monster. That's all that's really here. That's really here. He swam all the way from Scotland. Also in our room. There you are. The world's largest nun. Don't stand up, sister. But I know. But I know next week on our show. The Bronze Age. <laughs> Excerpt from the Protestant Reformation. What would be the ultimate Ed Sullivan act? It would have to be... It would have to be everything that has occurred since eternity. Or maybe how about Ed just staring back at you for an hour? I'd like to see them one time. Well, it's over now. No one got a chance to thank Ed either. You dig that? The last one that they taped, they didn't know it was going to be the last one because they were due to go into reruns the next week. And then it was canceled after it was in reruns. So at the actual last show after 23 years, nobody really, you know, knew the vibes they were into. What a shame. I would like to have been there just to say, thanks, Ed. No kidding, man. Thanks for all the crazy acts and everything in all those years. Wow. Thanks for the Beatles, Ed. Ed made sure we got him, man. And Elvis? Yeah. Little maudlin gang, but thanks, Ed. Da -da -da. All the Indians get together in this little ballroom. They get their little stuff, you understand? Like that, and they go like that, and uh, put it over. And put it over, they go. 
you know, in the home, you understand? And they make them feel good, and they get there, and they pitch a bitch. <laughs> I don't mean a ball, I see a bitch. All night, all through the night, don't care. See when mine is out, they come, you fall out there. Well, I got the golden band, I'm gonna chase them home. 
Black Classic Mutiny Radio FM. All these records are from public library here in San Francisco or a thrift store. So enjoy and go out and make your own show.
Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Joan Rivers! So, four girls alone, what's the matter? That's a, your mother's going crazy? It's, where are you from? Brooklyn. Brooklyn, New York, same thing, yeah. How old are you? <laughs> you don't know. 27, your mother, and you're single? Your mother must be going out of her mind. It's a, Jewish or Gentile? Gentile, Catholic? No, then you have nothing to worry about. No, Catholic mothers have an excuse. She wants to be a nun, what can I do? You have nothing to worry about. Jewish mothers, they'd be walking around with a baggie over their faces. Gentiles, very different. And this is nice with the matching outfit. Lovely, lovely, yeah. Yeah, then we all try, but what the hell? Yeah, feel this. That's a, yeah, acetate. But, uh, so how long are you married? Oh, and no wonder you had a mink jacket. That's it. How's it working out? Thank God. That's, uh, children? And this is, this is, who is this? Is it just a friend or engaged, married, single? Married? No. Almost engaged? Almost engaged? Yeah. Get a ring first. Don't give me almost engaged. <laughs> almost engaged means let's go to the Hotel Dixie. <laughs> you get really engaged. That's, uh, right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Don't let them talk you into anything. I'm telling you right now. And you're already sunburned, very nice. But you can always single again, look at this again, you know, smoking away, being charming. Tia's streaming down her face, <laughs> pretending you're having fun, right? Because <laughs> single girls on the, on the date, who makes the conversation? The man shows up, whoopee, whoopee, whoopee. It's the girl, right? Sitting there discussing things like premarital sex, puffing away. <laughs> well, if you love somebody, why not? <laughs> I'll tell you why not. Get the ring first. beginning you'll never get it. Look what I got. Four chips and 12 mirrors. Look what I got. Can you see this? I pass it around but you'll drop it. I'll have seven years bad luck. Can you see this? And when he gave it to me he had the gall to look me in the eye and say it's small but it's perfect. I'm a woman. A woman doesn't want small but perfect. I want an imperfect but big. <laughs> Who would know? Would you know? I wouldn't hang out with jewelers' wives. Who would know? I wanted a ring when I came on stage. You'd look at me and go, bad taste. <laughs> a glove on, you know those kind? I want to wear a glove on my right hand and go stark naked with the left one through life. I was in a ring when I came on stage, you'd look at me and go, catch the ring. She's not that hot looking, but catch the ring. She must have something. She must be great in bed. You know what this chip tells you? <laughs> you know, I've never heard 
dating starts. That's all I say to you. So you're single. You're going out on dates with people you hate? Yeah, we all go through it. What? Oh, I, did. I went out with anything. I was 27 too. If he could walk and talk and find the doorbell, that was it. <laughs> anything. Any I, I would get obscene phone calls. I'd say, hang on, let me get a cigarette. Oh, My mother, a mother, I'm 27 years old, not moving. Do you know what my mother went through? Eh? What do you mean you don't like him? He's a lawyer. Mother's a lawyer with pimples. So what? Marry him. The pimples will clear up. I, and I was desperate too. I, what I went through, single. Remember those days, smiling, going out with anybody? How'd you get my name? <laughs> From a men's room. I'll be there.
Sure looks like it's gonna rain, doesn't it? But there's no need to be sad. Remember, this is the day that the Lord has made. And even when there are dark clouds, oh, we have a different kind of sunshine. That's what this next song is all about. After serving in the conflict overseas And the time that he served Had shattered all his nerves And left a little shrapnel in his knee But the morphine eased the pain There's a hole. 